The story of India's first Rolls-Royce. The British mark Rolls-Royce is among the world's premier automotive manufacturers. They are the epitome of cutting-edge engineering as much as they are about style and sophistication. The company's journey commenced in 1884 in England when Henry Royce set up an electrical and mechanical works business. The first car was built in 1904 and in that same year Royce met Charles Rolls. Rolls-Royce was formally launched as a company in 1906 and this was the start of the fabled Rolls-Royce brand. Its first launch was a six-cylinder model called the Silver Ghost and within a year of its launch it was acclaimed as the best car in the world. At the onset of World War 1, Henry Royce began developing aircraft engines. So successful were the Rolls-Royce engines that they went on to power over half of all Royal Air Force aircraft. In the decades thereafter, Rolls-Royce made several innovations in aircraft engines, and even today, Royce's legacy continues to find both their motor car and aircraft divisions on firm footing. In fact, they even build engines for sea-going vessels. However, What is most interesting to note is the fascination that Indian maharajas held for Rolls-Royce cars. In the early 20th century, India was actually one of the largest markets for the British mark, and the majority of these were not destined for expatriates living in the country. Rather, they were endlessly customized and were often one-off versions, especially ordered by royal courts. Estimates from the era put the count at between 1000 and 2000 Rolls-Royce vehicles finding their way to Indian royalty. Now the very first Rolls-Royce car to be imported into India was a Silver Ghost also termed as a 4050 horsepower and its owner was a merchant trader called Frank Norbury. The coachwork on this vehicle was done by Joseph Cockshoot and Company Limited. In the early days Rolls-Royce cars were available with just the engine and chassis and the buyer could then go to a coach builder of his or her choice to have the body built according to how they wanted it. This is similar to how trucks or buses are available from Tata Motors in India on your travels i am sure you will have spotted bare bones chassis and engines rolling down highways across the country norbury christian his car the pearl of india it was initially showcased at the bombay motor show in 1908 norbury then had the car participate in the grueling bombay to kolhapur rally the race criteria outlined that no stops could be made along the way and that the bonnet would be locked to make sure no breakdowns could be attended to needless to say the car performed flawlessly and it caught the eye of several indian maharajas now at this juncture there are slightly conflicting reports one account suggests that following the rally the car was purchased by the maharaja of gwalior and that too in exchange for rubies meanwhile another account seems to suggest that it found its way to the maharaja of mysore Going by anecdotal evidence, the Mysore royalty may have been the actual purchasers of the first, albeit second-hand, Rolls-Royce by an Indian maharaja. There were more such conflicting Rolls-Royce and Indian royalty stories. When the car was handed over, it wore an exterior coat finished in a shade of cream. There were apple green embellishments with gold stripes, and many have regarded it as the most beautiful Rolls-Royce car ever built. Meanwhile, another account suggests and one that alludes to the owner being the Maharaja of Gwalior, 
that the vehicle was redone in a shade of gold and deep pearl. This pearl shade was painted using finely ground pearls apparently. In terms of accessories, it had two finnegan trunks, finished in brown leather and a spare wheel case, also in a matching shade. Finnegan were exclusive leather baggage manufacturers, perhaps the likes of an Hermes of the current era. The company is still in operation today. On the rear of this particular car, there was also a seat for the Maharaja's manservant. While many of these early Rolls Royces are still well preserved and are now mostly in the ownership of vintage and classic car collectors, some have fallen victim to the ravages of time. A fair number found their way overseas, while others have disappeared entirely without a trace. The Pearl of the East is one such vehicle. No one has a clue of where it went and there are even no pictures in the public domain. But what it did establish was a firm relationship between Indian cars and Rolls-Royce motor cars. Thank you for listening in. The Lure of Offbeat Experiences Travel in a post-pandemic world is likely to be characterized by a closer focus on domestic traveling. Most international borders are still only partially open and certain countries have opted for what is termed a travel bubble. What this means is, residents of two nations can travel between either country, but not beyond this bubble. In emerging economies particularly, the tourism sector accounts for a large share of revenue and employment generation. With travel restrictions that were announced at the pandemic's onset, most tourism industry stakeholders were left in a lurch. They were faced with an indefinite future, and none had any forewarning of when normalcy, or a hint of it, may return. In the months since, governments worldwide have stepped up the call for the residents to explore their own backyards, meaning an encouragement to residents to actually go and visit places in their immediate vicinity. From personal experience, I have noted that it is a general tendency to overlook the quiet or picturesque locales that are close to one's home. Rather, most are taken by some distinct or rather distant glitzy destination that has been well packaged by two of travel marketers. To put it more precisely, a large share of Agra's residents will never have actually visited the Taj Mahal, although many will likely be familiar with more distant places of interest. A tourism sphere that is increasingly finding mention is rural tourism. It allows people to follow the now familiar pandemic protocols. At the same time, it allows for a departure from homogeneity. Allow me to elaborate on what this latter concept, concept implies. Homogeneity really is a feeling of similarity of one place or object or even an experience feeling very similar to another. In most of the developed world, for instance, the same hotel chains dot the urban landscape, identical burger joints hog the limelight whether you are in New York or London, and even the coveted amusement park rides are really quite the same. They offer an experience, no doubt. But beyond the fancy surroundings and the neon lights, there really isn't something out of the box to take away. Rural tourism, meanwhile, offers one the opportunity of a more laid-back and earthy experience. Each homestay in particular is distinct from the other, and this uniqueness can be attributed to several faces. A visitor is able to leave his or her urban life and associated stresses aside 
and simply immerse themselves amid a slower pace, with little by way of noise. In addition, there is also the ability to interact with people whom they would otherwise never have considered meeting. It is perhaps this reason that Airbnb once again finds itself in the spotlight. At the pandemic's peak in 2020, most were skeptical of this revolutionary firm's ability to make it to the other side of COVID-19. The naysayers had already predicted its demise and obituaries were being written of how a once great organization was about to meet an untimely end. Long story short, Airbnb went public with an IPO in end 2020. The company listed its shares based on a valuation of an estimated $60 billion. However, the naysayers were silenced when the company saw its valuation exceed $100 billion. What this clearly illustrates is the fact that ordinary people like you and I are definitely considering more unique experiences rather than the same old drill of showing up to a reception, receiving a keycard and plonking on apparently Egyptian cotton sheets. Adding to the homogeneity are the same LED lights overhead and only goodness knows why a washroom with a fully transparent glass wall that makes most families quite uncomfortable. And then the archetypal buffet breakfast. If you haven't already considered it, look up a homestay in the hills. They are the raging trend now, right from the upper reaches of Himachal Pradesh and Uttarakhand to even North Bengal and Sikkim. Many of these places have also been built in unique styles using materials that are locally available with little use of brick and mortar. Besides, the food they serve is not the usual oily and spicy affair and the bulk of the produce is actually grown in their own kitchen gardens. A homestay visit is all the more imperative for children of the current generation. Most apartment-dwelling kids of today have rarely been extended the opportunity to connect with the more basic elements of nature and its abundance. We implore you to try an offbeat local not too far from home. Try it only for a night if you are skeptical. If anything, it will make for a treasure trove of memories to share at a later time. Even more, your children who may otherwise be glued to the devices may just look up and take note that there is indeed more than just electronic experiences. Thank you for listening in.